Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Jennifer Ross. More death and destruction, Jen. Uh, You know what? My favorite topics. I love it. Death, destruction, and all in one piece. And all piled up in a stinky maggot-filled pile oh, of bodies. And why is it that they're all in Florida? This is this is what the most unnerving thing is. We live here, so I should be like, this is horrifying that every time we talk about one of these crazed people, they live here, or they lived here. Well, that's why when I came up with Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast, I knew I would never run out of episode topics. What is it? Well, one of our friends, Bill, says his father used to say, uh, Florida, whatever, they they turned the country upside down and shook it, and whatever didn't stay put <laughs> fell to Florida. I think it's true. <laughs> We're like, oh, God. Uh, well, this episode is about Adam Matos. He's one good-looking dude, I will say. Yeah, he's remember that guy that went viral? He was some so, kind of yes. criminal, and then somebody gave him a, a modeling contract. But he the was, hot mugshot yeah, guy, remember? yes. So this this guy Matos, he would have fallen into that category had he not killed like four people. But other than that, he would have made it. Exactly. He's now thirty seven, by the way, and behind bars. He didn't get the death penalty, despite you know the the body count. Right. Um, this was in Hudson, Florida, which is near Tampa. It's in Pasco County. And you're going to hear a little bit, the sheriff's department there gets a little bit uh, impugned. What, do you got a fuzzy on your microphone? Yeah, I'm afraid of coronavirus <laughs> spraying, sorry. It's probably my hair. Thanks. Let's <laughs> have a DNA test. <laughs> so anyway, he was convicted in 2017 of a brutal quadruple murder of the family of his little autistic four-year-old son. Right, including the mother and her family, right? Her, her parents. Her parents and then her new boyfriend, which was kind of like, under wraps at the time. It was, there was a triangle going on there. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, at 32 in 2014, he was found guilty of these murders. So we're going to get into that. Um, but <laughs> the body of his ex girlfriend, Megan Brown, very attractive, 27, found dead on top of a hill in Pasco County, on top of her parents, Margaret, we'll call her Maggie and Greg Brown. Like the color. So he made like a pig pile. He made a pig pile. And then her new boyfriend. Aha. Aha. Where was he? Nicholas Leonard. Probably on the bottom. Okay. He was 37 at the time. Here this is, guy's a whack. Yes. Well, yeah. When you hear how he actually did it, it's pretty, yeah, brutal. Uh, Pasco County Detective Chet Kugel. We didn't know exactly who or even how many total bodies were in the, the pile that we saw. That's lovely. So there was some decomposition. Oh, God. Yeah, it was brutal. So Megan met Adam when she was a student athlete. She was Pennsylvania State University. That's Penn State, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she was a student athlete there. She was a runner. Oh, she ran she... away from Joe Paterno and the other guy there. <laughs> she, she Probably ran really fast. She should have run away from Adam. She was the apple of her parents' eye, the favorite. She was... A big achiever. She was a medal-winning track and field star. Kind of like you. Oh, thank you. You, you know, I don't think Except people I'm... know you were a marathon runner and a track and field star at the University of Hawaii. Had There's nothing like going from Michigan to Hawaii in a full scholarship. Boy, I would have gone yeah. even if yeah. it was like to clean out garbage cans. Yeah, they called me 8 o'clock at night. It was snowing, and they're like, we're offering you a full ride. And I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> I don't care where, yeah. what I have to do, Hawaii, I'm there. My mom's okay. like, you're not going. I'm like, yeah, watch me. We went off track again. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. Okay, Penn State. So she met this guy, Adam Matos, and she thought he was really cute. Yeah, he's a good-looking man, just a little psycho. And at the time, he was a crazy avant-garde DJ. 
Oh. So that's where the picture of him with the teeth, with the, oh, the vampire okay. teeth comes right. from? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering where that came from. Well, like you do, they got pregnant. Well, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> was it a one-night stand? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. I don't know. You her. meet a guy who has, who has fangs shoved in his mouth to look like a vampire, and you think, I want to sleep with this guy. I, I think he took the fangs out, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm really not up on her ovulation schedule, so I don't know when she actually well, conceived, <laughs> and which ovary was firing okay, at the time. Great. Thank you. It's far too much information. <laughs> Please continue. Was okay. it a vampire child? No, it's oh. they, actually the child's name's Ishmael Tristan, but it goes by Tristan, uh, and she gave birth to their son Tristan. Oh, how sweet! Uh, and they had a really rocky relationship. Okay, so let they me were, see. She's a runner in college. She gets pregnant. She probably lost. Did she lose her scholarship? You know, I don't know if she finished college, but they... Isn't that sad? They ended up coming down to Florida because her parent, her parents, lovely people. Her mom and dad, Maggie, and what's his name? Yeah, we don't care. I say Greg. Um, they were retiring, and they had a house on the Intracoastal in Hudson, and they were building their dream house. Okay. So they bring the daughter down with them, Megan, and Adam comes in tow. Because of the son, because the son's autistic, he needed extra help. Oh, she wow. needed help in raising the kid. So Adam was still part of the family, and he actually lived with them. Okay. So he's, he's kind of this deadbeat guy. I was going to say, he's, he's a, he's a scum sucker. He's, he's just a scum. Kind of, yeah, he's, just, she, he's a mooch. You're going to hear in a 911 call, she goes, he doesn't do anything. Okay, great. <laughs> yes, he's like a, he doesn't even have a driver's license. I Come mean, on. That he like left on foot. So this guy must have thought he won the lottery when he moved yes. in with the parents. So when there's a new boyfriend that's entering the picture, he's feeling threatened. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the mom, Maggie, got a job at a convenience store to help make ends meet because they're building the new house and everything. And then Megan got a job as a waitress. Adam had several jobs, but he kept getting fired. I wonder why. Yeah. So he was home doing nothing. And he was living with the family in their home, but he was a deadbeat. And Megan started going out at night as a result. And she met someone. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, their six-year relationship had ended two weeks before the murders. Oh, this guy couldn't handle the rejection. Okay. All right. Remember, we always talk about snapping. Yeah, well... I had a feeling this guy snapped a long time ago, but this was his meal train, too. Exactly. This is his housing. This is his meal train. This Everything. is life. And and along with maybe his girlfriend that he still had some feelings for. I think it was, if I can't have her, nobody can have That's her situation. That's the syndrome. And he had been drinking, too. There's some alcohol involved. Okay. But there's always alcohol involved. But he was still hanging around the house, so it was awkward when she stayed out all night one night, and it was with her new boyfriend, Nicholas Ooh. Leonard, and she really hadn't told her parents about him yet. Okay. But he had his act together, this kid, Nicholas Leonard. Well, he's older. He was in his 30s. And when she returned in the morning at about 5 a.m., uh-oh, Adam was there. Waiting. Waiting. Nice guy. Yeah. And awake, I'm, assur- I'm sure. And been and drinking all night? Been drinking all night. So who's watching the kid? If exactly. He's- well, I guess the grandparents. But he attacked her. Oh, and here's he he put a knife to her neck and she caught her th- left thumb on the knife. Then he took off. He ran from the house on foot because he has no driver's license. Okay. So here's part of the nine one one call she made that morning. Can you spell the screen for me, please? H-A-T-T-E-R-A-S, drive. 
I just have to stop it there because the last episode we did was how to make a 911 call. Right. And and this one, the guy can't find the address. She has to spell everything out. It's like so annoying. Here, listen. <laughs> How nice of him. So, so first of all, girl. she tells the 911 guy he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he's uh, here drinking all night. I'm out with my friends and come home and he said he's going to fucking kill me. Nice guy. With a knife. So <laughs> wow. he takes off on foot. Again, no license. So he's a real winner, don't you know? And he's got a violent streak. So unfortunately, Jen, you're not going to even believe this. They let this guy go. The Pasco this. County Sheriff's Office no. did not issue a warrant for his arrest on domestic violence or a probable cause pickup order, and they weren't really looking for him. They wanted to get him so they could talk to him face-to-face and get his side of the story. So this girl's thumb's almost cut off, her finger's almost cut off. She's on the phone hysterical. She says, the guy held a knife to my throat, and they're not believing her, and they don't issue any kind of warrant to pick up this guy. So days go by. Wow. They don't get any calls from Megan that he's back. You know, there's no follow-up at all. Meanwhile, it was only after Nick Leonard's parents realized that he hadn't been around for several days and no one had heard from the Browns, her parents, like her mom didn't show up for work at the convenience store, the sheriff's office went back to the house. Oh. Five days later. Five days. After the initial knife attack. Wow. And what they saw and smelled there. Ugh. Was a nightmare. And again, this is that Detective Chet Kugel. We didn't know exactly who or even how many total bodies were in the, the pile that we saw. Well, actually, the pile was in a different location. They It originated in the house, was the scene of the murders. Then the bodies were put into the mother's van, um, Maggie's van. She had driven it home from the convenience store, and he attacked her in, with a hammer. With a hammer. So he, the kid was home the whole time, the four-year-old. <gasps> the whole time. Oh, my God. And so he put the bodies in the van, finally, because he, he went and bought a shovel to bury them, but he didn't get very far. He doesn't like to do any kind of work. Yeah, he's not, not in a minute. So she calls 911. They don't issue any kind of arrest warrant, any kind of pickup order, any kind of bolo for this guy. He goes back to the house the same day and wipes out the whole family? Yes. So Nice he, man. Here's what happened after the 911 call that they didn't follow up on a terrified Megan Brown had called her new boyfriend Nick Leonard and he rushed over armed with a gun apparently didn't do any good to protect her should Matos return and make good on his threat investigators say that Matos did return to stake out the place and he sees that Leonard Nick Leonard is there with Megan Tristan and dad Greg and now just waiting for the last member of fa- the family to get home, Maggie, Maggie from, from the, the convenience store, store in okay. her family van. So Matos makes his move when mom Maggie arrives home from her night shift at the local convenience store around midnight. Oh, dear. 
She pulls in the van. This is according to police. She gets out of the van, and he attacks her in the garage with a hammer. This oh reminds you of the hammer guy. God. The hammer time guy that Remember? beat up his parents, left him in the bedroom, had a party. Right. What is with the hammer? I don't know. Well, he obviously, he doesn't have a license. He's not driving. He has no job. So he obviously doesn't have a gun. Yeah. Or there must not have been one in the house. So he just used whatever tool was available, so which in this ha- case, like a hammer. Did. Yeah. The hammer. So uh, he viciously pounds her with the hammer, and then he ties her up and grabs a plastic bag and puts it over her head, trying to ensure that she was either going to die or at least not be able to get away. Okay. My God. Uh, then he's going to go upstairs with the hammer, but he made a beeline for the bedroom uh, that he used to share with Megan, and there he found her with her new man, Nick Leonard. And Were they sleeping? Yeah, that's right. They would have been sleeping. It was late. midnight. Right. So he started attacking Nick, but Nick had the gun. So you're going to hear <laughs> Adam's defense is self-defense. Oh. Nick had a gun. So had a gun. So they struggled over the gun, but even though there was a gun involved, he killed him with the hammer. He hit him 21 times in the head with the hammer. 21 times? He didn't kill him with the gun. Oh, my God. And he, know, he got the gun away from issues. him. Holy cow. Is that amazing? Oh he my got God. the gun away from him. Wow. Then he goes after Megan. So she's watching all of this. Yeah. And Tristan's in the house, the baby. He goes after Megan, who ran uh, into her father's room. He has a hunting rifle, but he's trying to load it. And this reminds me. Oh, my God. When I was a kid in Saginaw, Michigan, our house was robbed. We came home, and my dad looks in the living room. He goes, did they have to move the furniture when they put We had drapes installed. We had just moved in. Okay. And my mom's like, no. He goes, oh, my God, we've been robbed. And he goes, my suits, my suits. And he runs upstairs. My mom and I are in the foyer. <laughs> and he goes, my guns, my guns. And he runs downstairs, and there's the dog still in the basement. And then like an hour and a half later, he starts looking in the bath after the sheriff's left in the bathtub behind the shower curtain, and he gets his rifle out, and he's got the shells across the room. Okay. And my mother's like, Don, what are you going to do? You're going to get up, get the gun, and then load it? We're, we're dead. <laughs> This is the case here. He was trying to load the gun, and Adam now has Nick's gun. So, oh, my God. So he's a hunter, and he had some hunting weapons in the house, and there's indication that he was in the closet trying to get the weapon, and he was turned away from him. Oh, no. But Nick shot him before he could load it. So now she's watched her boyfriend get beaten to death with a hammer. Her father gets shot in the back, and she's still alive. Right. And the kid's in the house. And the kid's in the house. And the mother's dead in the garage, but she doesn't know that yet. Right. And she never will because I'm assuming she never gets out of this bedroom. And Megan's screaming, Dad, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. So that, therefore he says it was self-defense oh, that he shot him in the back. Sure. Uh, in but the he, back. That's they, self-defense. They said that he was able to load a bullet into his weapon, the father, but he just didn't have time to react. Oh, that's sad. Adam got the drop on him. Oh, this creep. So Matos kills Greg, the dad, shoots him twice, turns and deals with Megan. And I would so assume as she's, if he gave 21 whacks to the boyfriend, how many did he give to her, 42? No, he shoots her. No. Yes. So the baby, the four-year-old, eventually is going to testify. He hears mommy screaming, no, 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 and daddy Adam shooting her in the left eye. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Drops her right there. I'm going to have nightmares after this I'm episode. Sorry. Thanks. She was facing him, hit her in the left eye, and that was all. So detectives learned that Matos then settled back into the house of horrors with his son to make himself right at home among the dead. They believe while the bodies lay murdered inside the Brown family home, he put out an ad on Craigslist to sell their stuff. 
including several of their dogs. Mom Maggie bred dogs. He sold them $50 a pup. He even had pizza delivered to the murder scene. This guy. This guy, he's ballsy. Yeah. I mean, as I said, he eventually moved the bodies in his mother-in-law's van to the berm outside uh, on a Florida road and stacked them four high in the trees. But he triggered the police's suspicion when he sold the family dogs on Craigslist and got the pizza with the Browns credit card. Oh, that was nice Following the murders. Oh, okay. So <laughs> he made contact with the neighbors. He told them the family had gone to West Virginia on a hunting trip. Oh, great. So don't worry. They're not here. I'm just holding the fort down. Wow. <laughs> and then he would periodically go over the next few days and nights and just hang out with the neighbors. Can you imagine? The, oh. Can you imagine being the neighbors and then you find out all the this was taken? Is, the oh kid is God. still with him. Jeez. Yeah, can you imagine being no. the neighbor? So. Oh, dear. That's until authorities found the bodies he eventually dumped in the nearby woods. Authorities came knocking on the door. Matos had taken off with his son through the neighbor's backyard, stole a canoe, paddled the other side, hopped in a cab, <laughs> and went to Tampa. Oh, great. An hour south. So remember, he's not driving. He, he had to take a cab. Him. So they're going to catch him eventually. So I guess in 2014, there really was an Uber. No. Yeah, the SWAT team finally gets him at he had wow. He had rented the hotel room in his own name. He's not very what a bright dumbass. either. Dumbass. So they yeah, found the SWAT team found him in there. It had been six days. The cops show up. Nobody appears to be home at the Browns' house. So, you know, obviously, uh, less than two weeks after being captured at the Tampa Hotel, Adam was charged with first degree murder in the death of the Brown family and Nick Leonard. But it was self defense. Oh yeah, it was self defense. Self defense. Oh wait till you hear he from this. He had a gun. Wait till you hear from this loser. So, <laughs> they go to the house. Nobody appears to be home because <laughs> they're all dead. And about the same time, veteran cops makes another grim discovery, just as stones throw away, also noticing the smell of death coming from a wooded area, just happened to be driving by. So all at the same time, they found the, the pile of bodies. Great. So they found the blood where the mom was, and then they found the bodies. The bodies. They Great. were deducing it was the Brown family, and the medical examiner tried to identify them. Detectives then swooped in on the house, and forensic experts found the shocking scene. The place turned pink with the luminol spray. That's oh, wow. the spray that lights up the blood right. when you turn the lights off. There was a trail of blood stretching throughout the house, signs that the killer had tried to clean it up a little bit. Also, they found a shovel in the back of the van. Apparently, Adam went out and bought a shovel. With what? Since he didn't have a job. Oh, yeah. Maybe he used the mom's credit card for that, too. Could have been. There's video of him after the murders buying the shovel. Okay, so you're saying it's self-defense. Yeah, but you go buy the shovel. So why didn't if it's self-defense, why wouldn't you have called the cops? They said, why didn't you call the cops? He says, my phone died. Oh, there's that not a that phone in the no. house? Then he went and bought the shovel. Okay. Right. I mean, it's just, and then he threw the hammer and the gun in the canal behind the house. Oh, well. Now, why sure. would you do that if it's self-defense? Yeah, well, because he's lying. <sighs> So when they did locate him finally with the SWAT team at the hotel in Tampa, they said he was very calm and that he had checked in under his own name like a doofus. And But when they picked him up, they didn't let him know they had found the bodies. Okay. What are we going to do with your son, Tristan? Because Tristan's with him in the hotel room. Oh, my God. And they go, can, maybe he can stay. Where's Where's his mom? Where are his, his grand- grandparents? Yeah. And he's like, well, I really don't know. And then uh, he <laughs> tells them about his troubled relationship. And they go, well, when did you break up? He goes, a week ago. And they said, well, do you remember what it was about? Oh, just a bunch of drama, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't have a drama. job. I'm a deadbeat. 
And then he denies he attacked Megan in a jealous rage when she called 911. They actually arrested him on a domestic violence charge finally. Oh, after the fact. Yeah, yeah. well, if you had arrested him the first time, he wouldn't have killed everybody. Right, and they fooled him and that they actually had found the bodies of the Brown family and Nick Leonard a week earlier. And um, he denies killing them, of course. And then he drops a bombshell pointing the finger of blame at a jealous ex-girlfriend of Megan's new boyfriend, Nick Leonard. She did it. So, I mean, they have to prove that he did it, right? Right. They haven't been able to. I mean, first they had to identify the pile. Jesus. So detectives learned that the ex-girlfriend has an airtight alibi, and now Adam Matos becomes the focus again. And finally, the traumatized son, just four years old, he finally opened up. Like well, you said he's book. autistic, too, right? And so Yes. Probably took somebody with special skills to get four. the poor little thing to talk. Poor little kid. The child has since been adopted by Brown's cousin's mother. So the kid, Tristan, tells cops what he remembers. Like, Daddy made a boo-boo on Mommy's head, and there was a lot of blood. Oh, jeez. Can you imagine? No. And then he put them in the car. This is what he said. And they were all gone, and I never saw them again. This is what the child said. He described hearing uh, the gunshot that killed his mother and her saying, please, please don't. Oh, my God. So. Oh, this poor child. He told the court that he shot everyone in self-defense and he returned to the house to get his things. That was it. This is him testifying. He testified for hours. Tell us again what were you going to do inside the house? I just wanted to get my things, just um, gather the stuff that I had. He then claimed self-defense and said Megan's boyfriend attacked him. Grabbed me by the throat. And did he reach for a gun? He reached into his right pocket and he pulled out a gun and he pointed it at my chest. Did you struggle to stop him from getting the gun pointed at you? We did. We struggled and I was able to get it out of his hands. He said he got Nick's gun away and instead of using the gun, bludgeoned him with a hammer and hit him 21 times using the same hammer on Megan's mom later. And I just kept hitting him until I couldn't anymore you were afraid people were going to kill you right yes i shot him in his lower back as he was trying to turn around with his weapon megan's father was trying to protect her with a hunting rifle but he was unable to get it loaded he said shoot him dad shoot him i thought she had something in her hand and i just reacted and i shot her you didn't stand there with the gun pointed at her left eye while she was saying please don't please don't no that never happened no you understand we're trying to kill you mr mathos you understand that Yes. Yeah, so he denies what his own son said happened. What? Is that crazy? <laughs> guys are creep. So the jury finds him guilty of four counts of first-degree murder. So why is this guy not on death row? Well, this is really interesting. Wait until you hear the judge unload on this guy. So he's found guilty. Mm-hmm. But then you have to go through the sentencing phase. So here he is before sentencing, apologizing in court. I would just like to say I'm sorry to the victims of the family. I know that's not enough, but I just would like to make peace and hope that they don't hold on to that hate in their heart because a heart filled with hate is not free. I'm truly sorry. Wow, who said that to him? A family member of the Browns. Wow. Shut the fuck up. They were just nauseous with that. So he, he's still in prison following his conviction on the four counts of first-degree murder. And although he was up for the death penalty, he narrowly avoided it. And even the judge, her name is Mary Hansel, 
and she was surprised that he missed the death penalty. It was one juror. It was no. probably one. He's cute. It's probably, probably some, some young girl, girl that thought he was good looking. If there was ever a case, she said, that I have heard that 12 people would have decided that death was appropriate, this was probably it. She really gives it to Matos here when she sentences him. The vote in your case was 11 to 1. That means one person on that jury felt enough sympathy, mercy for you that they decided that you did not deserve the death penalty. So for that, I don't have to make that decision. It's not something that I ever wanted to do or wish to do. But if there was ever a case that I've ever heard that 12 people would have decided that death was appropriate, this is probably it. But that's their decision. I believe wholeheartedly in the judicial system, and I believe that those 12 people made up their mind, and that sentence will be imposed on you. Now, remember, wow. in Florida, it didn't used to have to be unanimous. Yeah. So years ago, he would have gotten the death penalty. He would probably be, you know... He would have been zapped by zapped now. Panel. Yeah. But this now, you have to be unanimous, and there was one juror. He told the court that all he cared about was his son. And she says, uh, uh, no, this is your motivation to kill four people. This was the most selfish, self-centered, evil thing that I've ever heard. That you took the stand and you said that you did all this for your son is ridiculous. Your son was in the house when this occurred. He was either in the room or within 65, 70 feet of when you shot his mother, shot his grandfather, and then waited five hours by your own admission to walk downstairs and beat his grandmother to death. In those five hours, you must have sat in that house with your son. He was there. It's six o'clock in the evening. He's not asleep. He's not locked in his room. You're sitting there with your son, with his dead mother, his dead grandfather, and a man who gave his life for those people. You sat there with him and went downstairs and finished off his grandmother. And you did that for your own selfish reasons. Wow. So the, we presented the case that he killed the mother, Maggie, first. first. She was last. So apparently it must have come out in the case that it was the other way around. Right. And we had thought it was at midnight when she came home, but he had already killed everybody else. Jeez, can you imagine? And oh he my killed God. her with a hammer. So anyway. Yeah, and he had the gun. Yeah. So, oh my. He probably didn't want the noise. That's why he did right, the hammer. Right, the hammer's much more. Bang, bang, Maxwell, well, silver hammer came, came down, down on his head. head. <laughs> well, that's terrible. Sorry. Matos' <laughs> testimony was nearly three hours long, and the judge goes, you are not sorry. Just saying you're sorry doesn't make it so. <clears throat> you're not sorry for what you did yet. Maybe someday you will be. You weren't sorry that day. You weren't sorry when you took the stand, and you're not She's sorry pissed. now. Your son will grow up without a mother and without grandparents and without a father, just as you did. But worse than you, he will grow up without a father because he will know that his father murdered his mother and murdered his grandparents. There's no worse life than that. That's terrible. And he's still serving out his sentence 
forever. He's, it's going to be like the Blackwater River Correctional Facility in the Florida Department of Corrections. So he's now 37, but this is the judge's sentence in 2017. So to say that Tristan is your whole world, I don't believe that. I don't believe Tristan was your whole world. I believe that you did this because you were selfish. And based on the decision of the jury, I sent it to you in count one and count four to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In counts two and three, I sent it to you to life without the possibility of parole. However, that's with a firearm, discharge, include charging death, which means hopefully that no matter what happens with the legislature, no matter what we decide on life or death in your case, you will never, ever be released from prison. We are like never, ever getting back together. together. <laughs> <laughs> She's really pissed, right? I can't, can you blame her? She's probably so shocked they didn't give him the death penalty. Oh, man. The guy's a creep. You, I, you bludgeon four people? Well, three. And sat in the house with the kid. I mean, it's oh. egregious. How can you not give this guy the death penalty? I don't know. Some people get the death penalty, and they've ordered the murder. They weren't even the one that did the murder. Right. This guy beats, what, two of them to death, sh- shoots two, right? Yeah. In the, front of his son. Uh, my poor kid. And then they sit in the house mm. for five days. Oh, God. Anyway, so moving on, you have any more questions about that lovely no, case? that's why there's more. What, what more are you no, we my not way? No, I got, <laughs> got the heartbeat here. Oh, okay. Um, so, no, I know you love the heartbeat, but I want to talk to you about two things, little loose ends I wanted to tie up. One of them is the raccoon eyes. I know, do you ever do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday makeup? You wake up and you <laughs> You don't take your makeup for three days, and it's like raccoon eyes. No, no, no. Okay, I don't wear I don't wear a lot of makeup, but when I do, it's I, I can't stand it. It comes take off, it off. Yeah. a lot. So, well, that's not the kind of raccoon eyes I'm talking about. There was a case on Dateline, and I learned this. I thought it was really interesting. They were alleging that this person died because he was punched in the face, but the body had what's called raccoon eyes. And that means that it had an injury to the back of the head. And sometimes you can't even see it unless the medical examiner does an x-ray of the skull and they see the fracture Wow! in the back of the head. It, it causes the blood to pool around the eyes. So and they, they get, get the raccoon eyes. Yes, it's amazing. You should wow. see the photos. I have it up at our Full Rigger podcast like Instagram picture. Uncle Festus. Fester. Exactly. What's his, what is his name? Fester, right? Uncle Fester with the light bulb and the black the, the eyes. Black eyes. Exactly. They're most often called caused by a basal skull fracture, which is at the bottom yeah, part. Of your, right at the base of the bottom neck. portion where the brain rests. Yeah. And when the fracture occurs, symptoms such as raccoon eyes may follow, and BSF can occur from car accidents, falls, sports injuries, and other sources of head trauma. So you may not even know that you fractured your skull, but if you get those raccoon eyes, you need to go well, see a doctor. find somebody like immediately. Immediately. And don't move your head. Exactly. How interesting is that? Wow. Yeah. Raccoon I didn't know eyes. that. I did not know that. Coon eyes. <laughs> raccoon eyes. Not the kind of shiner. We're not talking about a shiner. Yeah, no, this is like the whole eye socket yeah. turns black. Yes. It's, yes. You saw the pictures. It's I really... killed a raccoon on the way to work this morning. Oh Thanks. My God. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> With your car or your bare hands? No, my car was in the middle of the road, stupid thing. Not anymore. Well, no, it's still in the middle of the road, but I think it became vulture treat. It's terrible. I was so upset. I completely forgot about it until you just brought that up. I'm (laughs) sorry. So then I want to talk about the death certificate. So you know the story of my mom. That's sad. I'm sorry. Thank you. So they finally 
identified her. This has been weeks since they found her, and she had been in her bathroom for a long time. And um, they were unable to identify her, even though I gave them some distinguishing things. But she's not fingerprinted. She would never, she was a nurse and, you know, everything by the book. So she would never have been fingerprinted. No tattoos. So there was no distinguishable things right. to, to identify her. So I had to do DNA. All right. Finally. And they identified her. But they, and she's been cremated, but they still have not given me a death certificate. Why not? Because they don't know the cause of death. Well, how are they going to know now that she's cremated? I know. Well, they're waiting They're waiting for medical records, they said. But what I learned about the death certificate in Florida is really interesting. In 2008, because of privacy laws, the state of Florida issues two different types of death certificates. And one lists the cause of death information, the other does not. So if you go to the bank with the death certificate that lists the cause of death, and this really happened after the AIDS epidemic. Okay. If you go there with the cause of death, the bank won't accept it because it's actually illegal. I can only use the death certificate with the cause of death on it for, like, insurance purposes and that type of thing. Wow. Yeah, but if you want to do it for, like, a car registration or title or anything Why? like that. Because it's it's HIPAA. It's because of privacy AIDS. laws. Well, not because, but... Well, no, it's probably is because you know of that? AIDS. No, I had no idea. Because I didn't get my dad's death certificate. Because, I mean, the guy was 98, so... Right. Was, you know, we know yeah. what killed him. Yeah. I mean, my brother's a surgeon, for God's sake. So, it, it, But AIDS is the only, only communicable disease where you don't trace it. And you can't trace it. It's against oh, the law. Oh, because they won't ask you. Oh, man. So the Florida death certificate with cause of death is confidential by Florida law and may only be issued as follows to decedent spouse, parent, child, grandchild, or sibling, and they have to be 18 years or older. And you should wait for the coroner's or medical examiner's final results on the cause of death before trying to get a copy of the death certificate. So that's what I'm waiting for. You can't do anything without the death certificate. How long is this going to take? I don't know. Your mother's been dead for like a month and a half. I know. Well, maybe more. We don't know. Um, but there's some things in order to properly close policies and bank accounts and insurance companies and all that, you need the death certificate. And see, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. See, I knew this because of my mom oh. when she passed away. Well, let me ask you this. Deal. You typically, what do you need on it? Do you know your mother's mother's maiden name, your grandmother's maiden name? What's her grandmother's name? Grandmother's maiden Petraka. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did know her uh, maiden yeah. name. Yeah. I because I had to I had to actually look it up. My mom's mom's maiden name, Wanda Jean Smith. So we got a Smith. She was a school teacher, and then my dad's mom, uh, Kent, is her maiden name, and she was a school teacher. Uh, see, the difference being is my grandmother lived with us. Oh, so well, there you go. Yeah, and the whole family still. You know, when they left Italy, they all left and came to Warwick, Rhode Island. Yeah, but so. she would have been married. Yeah, but I because of my mother talking about it, my grandmother talking. I mean, I knew it was You're, a kid. But it's not, it's not your mom's maiden name. It would be her maiden name. Her maiden name was Petraca. Okay, so She was. became a Chipola. My mother's maiden name was a Chipola. <laughs> she got married to a Lafazia. You oh want any more? God, I love we it. We got enough. We got a couple of Antonellis and P- Patriarchas <laughs> thrown in there. So, I mean, there's a lot of them. The Italians go on and on. Ah, affangul. Arrivederci. I got a copy of nothing when any of them died. Well, I, I didn't want them. I know. Well, the, the, I've got to go pick up the ashes. But And may uh, may my mom rest in peace and your parents rest in peace. And may we rest in peace soon. <laughs> Jeez, the way you keep on telling me these stories, I'm going to die a lot sooner than and, planned. Jeez. And, and may your raccoon rest in peace. Oh, that poor bastard. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. You're welcome, Karen. Thank you.
completely forget about hitting that fucking thing on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.